When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we start a new hour, you want an absolutely beautiful moment? Meet Landon yesterday. Got to meet his hero, Lamar Jackson. What's up? I got so here to see you. What's up, bro? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, Landon? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Look, and he almost knocks Lamar over. How you doing? What's up, bro? How you doing? 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 That's what came to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was anyway. watching the hug. It was meaningful. And then I said, give him some money. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's, he's going to wind up a yacht on either side of Sean Watson. Yeah, yeah. Right, with that, we welcome you back to another hour. We are live, as always, from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. And we have a perfect hour coming your way. Cindy, hit it. It's time to get up with one more huge move to come. Is OBJ about to become the star of the stars? And if so, would that shift the balance in the NFC? Meanwhile, big changes in the College Four, including one decision the committee made that changes absolutely everything. We'll tell you what it was. And then, a Hollywood disaster that didn't need a sequel is the time right now to pull the plug on the NBA's biggest disappointment. We'll answer all those questions and more as we get up with you starting right now in Big D with OBJ. It is perhaps the future home of the free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Yesterday, Jerry Jones, in his always compelling radio appearance, was asked about the state of his receiving core and how Odell might look with a star on his helmet. I like the fact that we're getting, uh, we're just getting better at receiver. We may or may not get something done as far as adding something to the receiver core. But if we don't, I like where we are. Odell is someone that we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor. And I know that uh, the Cowboy star on that uh, helmet, when he puts it on, could look pretty good. See, he's so crafty. I really liked that. And you know who else liked it was Micah Parsons. So he hears about this, and he he tweets, man, OBJ, talk to me. Let's do this. And and then OBJ tweeted back. He was like, "Uh, this is what he said. LOL. What did he say? 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 say? Am I allowed to say that? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's been said. It doesn't mean what I thought it means. Anyway, he said, you know all the fa-. He's talking about the family on his father's side. He's from Dallas. He's just trying to win wherever he goes. Then Kansas City jumps in. Someone tweets at him, hey, how about KC? Family atmosphere, loud crowd, no turf, best barbecue. So they're trying to appeal to OBJ any way he can. And OBJ, keeping all his options open like a good free agent, says it ain't out of the question. So... I like your, uh, Kimberly, I I like the way you sort of sum up where OBJ is right now. Odell Beckham is that lady walking down the street and heads turn. Guys are like, oh. Hey, Ma. Hey, Ma. (laughs) Every every NFL team is doing the head nod. Ladies, you know what that head nod means. (laughs) Like, like, hey, big head, you up? Like, like, that's literally literally what all these these guys texting, tweeting at Odell. And I think Jerry is so crafty 
Because besides knowing that he has to give you greeny content mm -hmm. every Wednesday morning, he understands that if I just say, Odell, yes, Odell, he, we, we know the competitor he is. Then you have players like a Micah Parsons. They take the baton and they're like, hey, holla at your boy. This, Jerry's not dumb. And I think the fact that we all felt like, yes, the Cowboys could have added somebody at the trade deadline. Brandon Cooks was a guy that they tried to up until the last minute, but Brandon Cooks having that guaranteed contract at the end, I think that was a thing that prohibited teams from saying, yes, we want to spend $18 million on a Brandon Cooks. Odell is coming off of two ACL surgeries now. He's a proven playmaker. And even if he's not a number one receiver, Cowboys don't need him to be. Yeah. And even if he's not healthy yet, this is an important yeah, point, I that, think that, that the timing doesn't yes. necessarily reflect that. Yeah, Tannenbaum brought it up yesterday. Getting him in the building as soon as possible is really, really mm -hmm. important. This, while it is a little bit flirtatious, it feels like a, a late-night phone call, they need to extend this relationship as long as possible. This is more than just a, hey, big head, you up text, because everyone, knows what, everyone yes. knows what that text means. Mm -hmm. Right, Greeny? Well, I mean, if by everyone you mean not hey, me. <laughs> I actually wrote it down. Hey, big head, you up. <laughs> but, so, so what you're saying, Nick, is it's not Netflix and chill. This is no. cuffing season. Yeah, it's cuffing season. Cuffin season. They need, they need to yes. get him there as soon as possible. We will explain cuffing season in the commercial break. I'm just going to give up on understanding the context of this conversation and ask Chris Canty the following question. Yeah. If at some point a healthy Odell is in this offense, tell me what that means. What does it look like? With C.D. Lamb on the outside, the pieces they have, Pollard, etc., a healthy Dak Prescott, you know, let's call it the last few weeks of the season into the playoffs, and Odell, what does he bring? Well, he gives that defense a little more margin for error because right now they Their have own, to, you mean. Yeah, Obviously. their own yeah. defense because right now they have to pitch shutouts in order to win football games. They got to have multiple takeaways, and they got to shut down opposing offenses. But if you have Odell, that means you have an offense that's capable of playing from behind. And right now the Cowboys' formula for success is that run game complementing the identity of that team, which is the defensive side of the ball. If you add Odell to that receiving core, you're talking about having a guy that can consistently beat tight man coverage right. outside of C.D. Lamb. They were missing that the first half of this season. Michael Gallup, Noah Brown, solid NFL receivers, but combined Greeny, only 23 catches for first downs. In the playoffs last year, in three and a half games, Odell Beckham had 21 catches, 15 of them went for first down. Yeah. Now, context matters. The Dallas Cowboys, 22nd in third down conversions on offense. They got to get better in that area, especially against the good teams in the NFL. And part of that is they played a bunch of games with their backup quarterback, obviously. But now with Dak back, you know, you make the moves here. And just very quickly, we should finish it up on the Kansas City piece of this because yeah. they get thrown in there as well. We just finished the conversation, for those of you just joining us, about how jam-packed and wide open the top mm -hmm. of the AFC feels. So the same yeah. argument you made earlier about how Odell probably wins you one game somewhere exactly. applies to Kansas City. It absolutely applies to Kansas City. And even though they brought in Kadarius Toney, we're not sure what he can be mm -hmm. just yet. We haven't seen him live up to the expectations just yet. And I do think the one weakness that the Chiefs have, if you can say that they have an offensive weakness, is they don't have that Tyreek Hill style threat. Mm -hmm. And that threat is hugely valuable. No matter who the quarterback is, no matter how talented it is, it's nice to have a guy that can make you a playoff schedule that you don't need to scheme open. You don't need to go dink and dunk 20 times to get down the field. You can throw him a three-yard pass, and he might get you five, he might get you six, he might get you 50. And that's really nice to have that as a play caller, as a quarterback, and as a defense. Quick final thought. Yeah, Odell did the complex sports interview, and he said the next destination wants to be one where he can set down roots with his family. Right. He's tired of the rock star lifestyle. 
He mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. He mentioned the New York Giants, the Green Bay Packers. It feels like Dallas is the situation where he can do that. He can come in for the stretch run and prove himself and get a long-term deal next offseason. So we'll see where that winds up landing. Uh, the trade deadline is coming on, but it is still a cupping season for one no, player. Cu- cuff, not cuff, cuffing. Cuff, no. Cuffing. Cuffing. Like cuff, handcuff. Like handcuff. Yeah, it's like you're cuffing. together. You link cuffing. together. You cuff them. Like, cuffing. it gets oh, cold outside. Season. You got to cuddle with somebody. You got to cuff them. I shouldn't yeah. have tried. Uh, <laughs> our next stop is Green Bay, where the the Packers have lost five straight games. While things hit a new low this past week and Aaron Rodgers throwing three crucial interceptions in a loss against the lowly Lions. But Rodgers is not giving up. And when he appeared on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, he wanted to remind everyone exactly who he is. I always believe in myself first and I bet on myself first to go out there and to, and to, to impact the game and to be great. And I still know I have that within me. Still the reigning, defending two-time MVP. Oh, yeah. Regardless who's out there with me, guys want to come battle. They know where to find me. Hell, yeah. I'll be be in the center of that huddle, expecting greatness, trying to inspire the best I can, and laying it on the line. <laughs> regardless of who's out there with you me, you know where to find me. Regardless, I'll be in that huddle expecting greatness because I'm the back-to-back MVP. If y'all didn't know, is truth an absolute defense? I mean, like, like yeah. everything he's saying is true. Like, I get it. Coming off a three-interception performance against the worst defense in the NFL is a tough time to hear a person say those things. Yeah. But he, show me the thing he said in so, there that isn't true or accurate. Uh, uh, my dad taught me a lot of really important things growing up, and one of them was just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it. Yeah. When it and it, it, re, it applies to relationships in particular, especially just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it. And I am the closest person at this table to wanting to defend Aaron Rodgers in this situation, and I'm having a real hard time <laughs> When you listen to him say, I, me, I, me, me, I, me, I, me, I, 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 me, 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 I, in the center of the really, It's really hard to watch that as a teammate and feel like he's out there with you. When he says things like, regardless of who's out there, I think what he, this whole sentiment would have been so much better if he would have just said we instead and us but I guess he doesn't believe that because we weren't the MVP last year. Us didn't do it the year before that. It was all Aaron, and he knows it, and he's going to tell you about it. But didn't, didn't we – or you credited him a couple weeks ago because it was like Aaron's trying to talk yeah. nicely. Yeah, he tried. But y'all ain't listening. <laughs> now he's like, okay – I'm that dude. Yeah. Y'all get up to my level. Right. And you are right, Greeny. This is Aaron Rodgers. This is who he's been. So should we be surprised? No. But at some point, I do want him to surprise us. I really <laughs> do. Because he, he's, he sounds like when Hulk Hogan left the WWE and he's now in all black and he's oh, no longer bra- like he the heel turn. It just feels like, bro, I don't. I, like, off of that performance, you can't do that. You really can't. You can't be the leader of a team with young court, with young receivers who you need to bring along and get up to speed. Like, this is not the motive. Would this motivate you? No, it wouldn't motivate me. But, Kmart, I'm surprised that you're saying you're waiting on Aaron Rodgers to surprise That's us. Because what? what the Green Bay Packers this year damn sure surprised me. <laughs> did you have them losing to the Detroit Lions? I did not. No, did you have them losing five straight at any point? 
no, I Listen, not. the way that Aaron Rodgers and his Packers team is playing is going to have the Minnesota Vikings wrapping up the division by Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And that's not hyperbole. No. They're five games ahead in the loss column. That is unheard of, but that's how bad this Green Bay team is. And, Greeny, anytime you start shouting out your resume on an interview, that just lets you know that you can't stand by anything that you're doing on the football field right now. The three red zone interceptions, two in the end zone against the Lions, completely unacceptable. That's the worst defense in the National Football League. Yeah. Points and yards. To be fair, and that's what though, you did. To be fair, though, as much as I'm killing him for this interview, I believe in Aaron Rodgers. Like, I believe in the you talent. You believe in like, him to do what? Is it over? This season. Is it over? Obviously, well, this season. Well, here's the problem. Is, it, is, it, oh, is Rodgers being yes. the guy he's describing yes. in that interview? Is that day done? Yeah, it's over. I don't want to say that because it's Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. But this next four games, they have four games until the bye. When they play the Cowboys, they play the Eagles, they play the Bears. Like, I'm looking and I'm wondering, unless they go 4-0 over this stretch, I think it is over. But I need to see Kmart, they're not going 4-0 over it. They got the Cowboys, the Titans, and the Eagles. They probably going to lose to Chicago to the Bears. It's over. It's over this season. But I, I don't think that Aaron is completely falling off the cliff altogether. I think all the other things around this are making it very difficult. But next year is a whole nother season. If they can address the issues that they have, I don't oh. think that. So you're, you think that Aaron Rodgers is done, done? I think he's done winning he's championships. That's oh, all. Oh, maybe he's oh. done. He's done. That's done. That's, done. that's all that matters. But that's all that matters. That's, all that matters. that's, that's, all that matters. that's what it's about. I they think they'll be three consecutive 13 win seasons. With the right decisions made, Aaron Rodgers can be a championship caliber team next year. The, the, yeah, I'm if he gets traded. If he gets traded next year, if he gets traded next year, it'll be a championship. Oh, by the way, they have to make a decision on Jordan Love's option at some point in here. They could have like seventy million dollars tied up in quarterbacks at some point on a team that can't score double digits against Detroit. So they've got all kinds of problems in Green Bay. All right, as we continue, speaking of aging quarterbacks with problems, Tom Brady. He had forty fantastic seconds on Sunday. Is Tampa's offense now ready to take off? We'll answer that question. And then, despite his coach being optimistic that the Lakers will turn it around. How long will it be before LeBron loses some of his key wingmen? Woj will be here with the answers. Uh, we're getting up with you on ESPN. It's cupping season. Cupping, cupping. 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 Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Back 
Icon, get up. The game is called Factor Fiction. Canty, if I said four teams from the AFC East are all going to make the playoffs, would that be Factor Fiction? That'd be Fiction, G. I don't trust the New England Patriots, and I look at the AFC playoff field. The Cincinnati Bengals, the team that represented the conference in the Super Bowl, is still pretty damn good. They're top five in point differential, and you're talking about having the third best offensive EPA. They're going to get Jamar Chase back at some point. The defense is coming around. Cincinnati Bengals get in as a wild card, not the Patriots. And keep an eye on the Chargers out west, too. Won't be easy for anybody. Kmart, if I said the Vikings are the biggest threat to Philly in the NFC, is that fact or fiction? Okay, Greeny, I know I talked about the Vikings earlier, but the answer is fiction. It is actually the Cowboys. They are the biggest threat to the Eagles. The Vikings, their game against the Eagles, the Eagles handled, that, handled them pretty easily early in the season. The Eagles, though, had more trouble with the Cowboys, even though the score indicated that it was a further game than, than we thought. I think the Cowboys being in that division, I think they're a bigger threat. And that was without Dak. Nick, Brady yeah. and the Bucks offense is back. Is that fact or fiction? Oh, it's absolutely fiction. I think um, <laughs> they scored four <laughs> touchdowns in their last 44 drives. I think the the uh, two-minute drill, I guess it was the 40-second drill at the end of this game was really impressive vintage Brady, but they were going up against a team that none of us think in the Rams are a legitimate competitor. We'll see what happens to Brady and the offense when they go up against more formidable opponents. With all due respect, the Rams handed them that yeah. game on yeah. a silver yeah. platter. That was hideous. All right, much more uh, NFL conversation as we go. But speaking of hideous, if you watch the Lakers play this year, they lost to the Jazz Monday night. The Lakers are 2-8. and eight. That was their third straight loss. All of them have been by 14 points or more. Still, as bleak as things feel, the coach, Darvin Ham, is vowing that a turnaround is on the way. Let's get to Woj here with the very latest as we get set to do a very special edition of Countdown tonight. We will have the New York, New York, and then the L.A., L.A. rivalries and versions of Countdown coming up tonight on ESPN. Woj, let's set the table. What is going to happen with the Lakers who have started so badly? Well, you mentioned Darvin Ham at the top, Greeny, and I think it's going to be a hallmark of Darvin Ham and his tenure with the Lakers. He's going to be relentlessly positive, and I think he's he's got to try to be with so much negativity around this team. It is difficult to to be part of that Laker organization, be a player in that locker room, and constantly hear what comes with the job when you're losing. And so, I think for Darvin Ham. You know, I think the one thing he can really try to control, and he's done a tremendous job of, is how this team plays on the defensive end. They are so limited offensively. They have so few, uh, they have so little shooting, uh, so few complimentary players around LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You know, their their season, uh, there's no quick fix for it. There's no easy turnaround. And I think Darvin Ham knows, you know, he needs the commitment from this team over the long haul, from this organization, uh, because there are going to be some very painful moments, I think this season and, and probably next, uh, before they can start to get out from the other side of this. So you're saying there's no cavalry coming. We, we have talked a lot early this season about no. the possibility of some trades. Uh, it does not sound to me like that is still in your head right now. Well, I think for the Lakers, you know, we, we've talked about this. They're, they're really the only assets they have. Uh, the 2027, 2029 first round picks. They have tremendous value around the league because people don't think the Lakers will be good uh, in those years, certainly. Those will be high draft picks. And, you know, the Lakers' strategy continues to be they're not moving those picks unless they can get back a package that makes them dramatically better. Because once they use those, 
That's their team, whether it's the trades we talked about, they talked about with Utah, with Indiana. That limits them for really any moves they can make for years to come. Uh, there's no getting around the fact that this team, uh, listen, this is go very likely going to be a lottery team again this season. Mm. And, of course, you know, that New Orleans trade for Anthony Davis, uh, this is a season when uh, the, the Pelicans get a pick swap so they can flip picks with the, with the Lakers and that potential Lakers lottery pick. It's going to New Orleans where they have restocked their franchise, their organization with tremendous young talent, much of which from the Anthony Davis trade, and there's more on the way likely. And quickly, just sort of a bigger picture look. When we mentioned Utah beat them, the Jazz are the surprise of the entire NBA. They're, they're, they're off to a tremendous start. They're 9-3. and three. This after trading away Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, we all thought they were tanking in this season, or rebuilding, which I guess is the better word. D does this speak to the era we are in and, and the era of big threes, maybe even big twos, no longer really being a thing in the NBA? Well, Greedy, I think especially for a small market, like Utah. You're going to do it through trades in the draft. And Lori Markkinen is a player who's having an all-star type season, uh, starting to come into his own in the league. The Jazz have uh, uh, tons of picks moving forward. And they have a young coach in Will Hardy, who very well could be, you know, they used to call him their Spolstra in, in San Antonio. He's our Spo, the video room guy who they just had big plans for and thought was going to be a star in coaching. And Will Hardy is showing that in Utah, where they've had tremendous staying power through the years among coaches, from Jerry Sloan uh, to, to Quinn Snyder, and, and now Will Hardy, who has shown himself very quickly you know, to be one of the brightest young minds in the league. All right. Well, we will see you tonight. Uh, Sports Center evening uh, stuff tonight that we will do. And obviously, Countdown will be in Brooklyn getting you set for the Knicks and the Nets. Woj, thank you. Again, we got the two rivalries tonight that we will spotlight. We got Knicks, Nets in the early spot tonight. So it's Julius Randle and KD. And then we got LeBron and the Lakers trying desperately to get themselves a win against Paul George and the Clippers in the battle for LA. We will begin the night with Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Meanwhile, as we roll along here, Nick Saban winning an National championship used to feel like an annual occurrence. Now are those days in Tuscaloosa completely gone? We'll take a look at what the committee told us last night. But first, let's see if Canty can tell us the answer to this one from Sneaky Hembo. Who's the last quarterback to win a road playoff game in Buffalo? That's the question. The answer is next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I got a lot of guesses all over the studio working on this. We're going to talk about the bills and the necessity of home field advantage. So here's the question. Who's the last quarterback to go to Buffalo and beat them in a road playoff game? Greeny, I can't remember a quarterback doing that in the Super Bowl era. I'm going to go Neil O'Donnell in the late 90s, but I think that game was actually in Pittsburgh, so I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. (laughs) You're thinking the right era, but it's not the right quarterback. The answer is Mark Brunel wow. in 1996. Remember wow. Those, was that was he? In, it was still Jacksonville then, right? Was he still a Jaguar? The Jacksonville okay. Jaguars had some good years, some good runs, mm-hmm. and so scored that one for Hembo. See, that's a tough. That's question. That's a tough question. Yeah, exactly. When the answer, you know what it is? Hembo is a very small man. Yeah. So he tries <laughs> no, to create the level these, of petty is just ridiculous. It, it's petty. Yeah. That, that question actually reeked of pettiness. Yeah. It yeah. is what I said. Yeah. So. I don't even count it. For the record. I mean, he should give me some of the lollipop that he gives Rex Ryan every That's Monday. exactly I don't right. why I don't get those questions. I completely agree. He, he gives me those daily double jeopardy trivia questions. <laughs> That's I don't know exactly what he's doing. right. All right. Uh, and, and now that the uh, piling on Hembo portion of the program is over, <laughs> let's talk about those bills and a developing story. Josh Allen's got an elbow. The evaluation continues to his ulnar collateral ligament and related nerves. All this, the reporting of our Chris Mortensen. Allen's status uncertain for the team's game against the Vikings on Sunday. The coach, Sean McDermott, said on Monday, we're just going through it, still evaluating it. We'll see where it goes. The Bills have been the front runners in the AFC all year. But according to our analytics, that is no longer the case. The Chiefs are now a slight favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Obviously, both the teams have the same record, Buffalo and KC. The Bills actually have the tiebreaker because they won head-to-head. Uh, but again, it's an intriguing game this week, Buffalo-Minnesota. Kmart, it is your game. Yep. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're talking to everybody already. What do we know about the elbow? So here's what we know. The fact that Josh Allen will do everything he can to play, but it is Wednesday. And the team still has yet to say, oh, we know Josh Allen is definitely playing on Sunday. That gives you pause. Yesterday he was in the, in the facility for treatment as, you know, all injured players. But the Bills are keeping this very close to the vest. They obviously don't want to tip their hand to the Vikings. Um, the surging Vikings, who are 7-1, and one, who have Zadarius Smith, who's tied for second in the NFL, eight and a half sacks. Um, but this could I – I think this could very well go – in the direction of the Bills wait, even wait until Sunday morning, like game time decision. I think Sean McDermott's going to talk later and not give us a whole lot. And that to me is alarming because on Monday, if he were completely fine, they would have said Josh is good to go. Well, I don't think there's any question he isn't completely fine. I know that it's a double negative, but the one mm-hmm. thing everyone I've talked to has said is it's not nothing. Right. So the question is, what exactly is it and what does it mean? What is at stake for the Bills here in these next few weeks? Well, a home field advantage is at stake mm-hmm. and even, frankly, their playoff seating, how many home home playoff games. Like All of this matters a lot, but none of it matters more than a healthy Josh Allen. And this decision, it's not as clear-cut as you play him 
now and you get a number one seed mm -hmm. but a slightly hampered Josh Allen, or you don't play him now and you have to go on the road and win three playoff games with a hundred with a one hundred percent Josh Allen. It's not that easy a decision, but if it were, give me Josh Allen at his best. Mm -hmm. We saw last year in Kansas City that he is capable of doing amazing things no matter where you put him. So they should protect him and they have a legitimate backup quarterback in Case Keenum that they should have confidence in. This is why you get a guy like For the record, going back to the trivia question that, that we just had with Canty, the Bills with Josh Allen as their quarterback are 3-0 and in the playoffs at home mm -hmm. and they've won those three games by a combined 47 points. That's more than 15 points per game. So they've been dominant at home. How important is it in your mind to the Bills? Is it is it do or die that they have that home field advantage when we get to the AFC playoffs? Yeah, I think it's important. And you left out the other side of that. They're great at home in the playoffs, but Josh Allen is over on the road right. in the playoffs. I get that last year seems like an outlier and aberration, but that AFC championship game a couple of years ago in Kansas City wasn't. Right. Neither was the game where you had a double-digit lead against the Houston Texans. That didn't work out for you either. So. Right. Josh Allen being at home and being able to have the advantage of a quarterback that can push the ball down the field in the elements when he's fully healthy, I think that matters. The one thing that we have to look for with this team in the next coming weeks is just how healthy is he and how comfortable is Ken Dorsey dialing up those design quarterback runs in gotta have it situations in short yardage in the red zone. I think all of those things matter. Design quarterback runs are, are safe when you're Josh Allen, yeah, so I'm right. fine with that. But well, I think I mean, how the healthy idea. is he? What if he gets hit? Healthy in the elbow. That's what I'm saying. It appears quite clear. It appears quite clear to me that what is more dangerous is sending him back in the pocket to stand up there and let yes. people hit him. But the, the point that you guys made about I hate it when you say that. I know. But the point that you guys made about the home field, like the outscoring people a lot, is like skewed by the fact that they just crushed the Patriots last mm -hmm. year, yeah. and their record on the road uh, in the playoffs is bad because they had to go on the road in the playoffs because they were not as good of a team. This is a different team. This team may have to go on the road in the playoffs because Josh got hurt in the middle season, not because they're not good enough. So I think right. they well, are. Well, hold on, can I say this, though? This is a team that's dealing with a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. How good can they be is a significant question. And all of a sudden, Fair. since the bye week, your quarterback is turning the ball over. Yeah. Right. Like and it's buy one, get one free. He's had multiple turnovers in the last that's few games. That's why the next few days are critical because it's not just about beating the Vikings. Yeah. Like, you need Josh Allen to be able to do Josh Allen things right. for the rest of the season and the playoffs and hopefully the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, that, that is something that – let's see what happens this weekend, and the injury will obscure all of it. But there have been some cracks yeah. in, in this Bills team that we thought was just sort of a locomotive. Let's see what winds up happening. Much more on the NFL as we go. But college is our next stop because we had the second rankings last night coming out. And after a week of chaos, Georgia is the new number one team in the country, followed by Ohio State, then Michigan, then undefeated TCU takes the fourth spot. Tennessee falls from one to being five, so they're the first team out as we speak. Alabama and Clemson in that rare spot at the back of the top ten, currently at nine and ten. And so we bring back Heather and Paul here, Heather Dinich, Paul Feinbaum. Uh, so, Heather, I, I always ask you to put things in HD for us, if you will. What, what's the number one, for the fans just joining us, the number one signal that you received from the committee with what they gave us last night? Tennessee still has a chance to finish in the final top four on Selection Day, and that's because they love their resume. Tennessee went on the road and beat LSU soundly, 40-13 to in Baton Rouge. They have the win against Alabama. They should not lose again, Greeny. Plus, you have the fact that somebody above them is going to lose because Ohio State and Michigan play each other. So the ideal scenario would be for Georgia to win the East. You've got the Big Ten winner, and then 
Tennessee's got a shot at this thing. So they, they feel to you like the likeliest team that's outside the four to move in. If you look at all the teams that are outside the top four right now, would you classify Tennessee as the likeliest to get in? Well, I would say they're right there with Oregon. That could be a great debate because both of those teams lost to Georgia. And one thing Selection Committee Chair Boo Corrigan said last night that's very important is that the season-opening loss to Georgia for Oregon is not a deal-breaker. Both of those teams got beaten soundly, Tennessee and Oregon. And you want to send a message. I think I heard Reese say, one of the guys said this last night, uh, might have been Herbie that said, you know, you don't want to discourage these teams from scheduling games like that at the beginning. If you're going to punish them for losing that game at the beginning, then they won't play Georgia. I think they said Portland State or, you know, used an right. example of that last night. How about it, Paul? What, what's, what's the number one message you took from last night? Clemson is kaput. Greeny, they have been a mainstay at the playoffs. They missed last year. They missed the first year. But other than that, they've pretty much been in the championship game against Alabama. Remember, we were all bored with Clemson and Alabama uh, in this. Well, it's over. Uh, Alabama has a slim path. Clemson has no path. And what's really interesting is the ACC commissioner earlier this year voted against a 12-team expansion. I know that has been rescinded. But the ACC is in real trouble right now from a, from the, from a national standpoint. And Clemson was their standard bearer. So, look, you got Clemson, you got Alabama. We made the point earlier, there has never been a year since the college football playoff was created that we had neither one of those two teams in, and it appears we're going to have that. But that could be a one-year blip, or it could be the end of an era. Paul, which is it? Are we at the end now of the – look, those two programs in that order, Alabama and Clemson, have dominated the last decade of college football. Is that over? Well, Clemson always has a better path in Alabama because they play in the ACC where they really have not had many challenges. Notre Dame is, is, is the Achilles heel, and they're not even in the ACC, although they play a five-game ACC schedule. I think Alabama can come back. They have the number one recruiting class in the country coming in in, in a couple of months. But, but the issue, I think, Greeny, is more big picture. Is this dynasty window narrowing as we've been talking about for a couple of days? It seems like it is. It seems like it's shifting over from Alabama to Georgia. What do you think, Heather? What, what, you see the question on the screen. Is this a changing of the guard in college football? What, what do you think? Well, I think it certainly is because when you look at Alabama and you look at what they're going to have coming in, we're, I mean, he's talking about Georgia. Texas and Oklahoma are mm -hmm. going to join this league. Sark is doing a great job at Texas, as inconsistent as they have been. Um, but I do think that Clemson and Alabama continue to obviously recruit at an elite level. That's not going to change. It's the winning at the elite level that I think will change consistently. Someone, I think, needs to say the word, these things out loud, that Alabama is two plays away from being unbeaten, right? I mean, they literally are two plays away, both of them on the road against teams that are right now in the top, where is LSU? seven. I mean, against two of the top seven teams in the country on the road, they're two plays away from being unbeaten. Paul, why are you shaking your <laughs> finger at me? Well, but, but, Greeny, that's excellent. Uh, they are two plays away from being unbeaten. They're also two plays away from having four losses. Well, so you see, glass half full, glass half empty. That's how you, it depends on how you look at life. Okay, so here's the question that is going to make everybody on Paul's radio show later mad. I asked each of you to choose. If you have to pick the program that is going to win the most championships in the next decade, the previous decade has belonged to Saban. Which program is going to win the most titles the next 10 years? Heather. 
I'm going to go with USC because they're going to the Big Ten. I think they can dominate that conference. Lincoln Riley's done a great job already. I would say he's ahead of schedule. No problem recruiting there. Keep your quarterbacks in the Pac-12, or the Big Ten, rather, and not the SEC. And I think this is a, a team that can go on and win national titles okay, for the Big Ten. Intriguing pick. Paul, how about you? Very intriguing, but I'm going with the obvious one, and that is Georgia. Kirby Smart is the new Alabama at, 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 in Athens. I mean, it looks like Alabama, and they play like Alabama of old, and I, I think they are built for success. Yeah, the SEC will get tougher with two new teams, but I don't think anyone is going to knock Kirby Smart off at the top over this next 10 years. I think those are both intriguing picks, but now let me tell you the right one. <laughs> And that is upon consultation <laughs> with the little committee that I put together, which consists of Booger McFarland, Ryan Clark, and Marcus Spears. The answer is LSU. The answer is Brian <laughs> Kelly. And you touched on it earlier, Paul, that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame because he took them as far as you can realistically take them in the way college football is currently uh, constituted. He doesn't have to get onto a plane to recruit at LSU. Just he can get into a car and he can put together teams that are good enough. He will have them now. I think Kelly is about to do, he's going to prove to everyone what he is, which is an elite <sighs> coach and never got the credit for it. Paul. Greening, never, never trust three guys from LSU. That, that was such a terrible, <laughs> terrible, awful pick. <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll see. One way or another, uh, it's going to be very interesting as this season goes on and then beyond. Meanwhile, in a loss to the Dolphins last week, we saw the amazing potential of Justin Fields. We'll explain to you why that young man may be closer to superstardom than you think. That's next. Get up. ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We are back with the game that is sweeping the nation. It's called Can He or Can't He? Here we go, Chris. Can Lamar Jackson carry the Ravens to the Super Bowl? Can he or can't he? He can, G. And to be clear, Lamar Jackson has been carrying the Baltimore Ravens. They're the first team to have a double-digit lead in each of their first nine games in a decade. The problem with the Ravens has been their defense, but adding Roquan Smith has made a difference. You saw the return on investment Monday Night Football. The Saints were humming with Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback. They ran into a buzzsaw, which was that Ravens defense. Ravens looking dangerous next. 
can Geno Smith lead the Seahawks to the playoffs? Can he or can't he? He can. They're going to the playoffs, and they're probably going to win their division. You look at their remaining schedule, five of the last eight games are at home, and they've only got two games against opponents that have a winning record. They're going to take care of their business. Seattle's always been good at home. They're 3-1 and one this season so far. Geno Smith, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, fourth in QBR for a reason. They're going to get to the postseason. They get Brady in Munich this weekend. Uh, finally, uh, can Justin Fields become the new face of the NFC North? Chris, can he or can't he? He can. I mean, think about it. Three weeks ago, that Monday Night Football game against the Patriots when Luke Getze decided to build in more design runs, Justin Fields, since that point, is number one in the NFL in QBR, and he's third in passing touchdowns. He's got six. Think about where this franchise is. They traded for Chase Claypool to get him a big body receiver, a target that could be a threat in a vertical passing game. But the Chicago Bears, they have draft picks. They have $100 million in cap space going into 2023's mm-hmm. offseason. They are going to surround Justin Fields with the requisite talent for him to take off. He will be the face. Not can he be. He will be the face of the NFC North. Yeah. Look, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' time at some point here comes to an end, and you're looking for someone new. And it has never. It hasn't been the quarterback of the Bears since they had Sid Luckman, or maybe that brief moment there <laughs> been a long when, time. when Jim hey, McMahon man. was a great player. You know, been between injuries, and and now you got just this kid Justin Fields, who, by the way, was just named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week for whatever that's uh, worth. And, and you put, saw it up on the screen there. And you just highlighted some of the reasons. The Bears are getting it right around him, and they have the infrastructure built. This was their rebuilding year. Next year is the year they could start going like this. And if they have a draft that is anything like the one, I'll just use the Jets as an example because they have a similar uh, number of draft picks and capital they can play with and all of that, plus all that free agent money, I can see them having that kind of explosion from going from one of the worst teams in the NFL, building around this kid, to being a legitimate contender as soon as next year and their quarterback becoming a superstar. Well, the first question was, can he be a starting quarterback in the league? It seems like he answered that question. The questions get a lot harder next year if they start to build around him in their competitive. That'll be another leap that we'll need out of him, kind of the leap that we've seen Jalen Hurts take. And I think he's Mm -hmm. talented enough and capable enough. But if they have a draft as good as the Jets, like winning the division should not be what they're thinking about. Like Mm. winning the Super Bowl should be what they're thinking about. If the Jets had Justin Fields right now or a quarterback who has the promise of Justin Fields on that roster right now, I think we'd be having much higher expectations of what that team could be. Don't and, say the quiet part loud, Nick, because the Jets could have had Justin they Fields. They could have. They took and, Zach Wilson. And, and, and yeah. I, I just think it needs to be said. I think it's, it's fairly obvious, but it just, I mean, sometimes when you look back on things, they feel different. There's no comparison between Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields coming into the league. Jalen Hurts was a guy we were surprised yeah. went in the second round. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields was a guy we were surprised wasn't the second pick. I mean, as prospects, as far as what the league thought of them when they were in college, there isn't any comparison. How about Fields' chance to become a legitimate star in Chicago? I 100% believe in Justin Fields, the player. To me, the jury is still out on Chicago, the front office, and the head coach because it's still early. Yes, that draft, they can have, yes, they can have a Jets-like draft. I just want to see it because they also use a second-round pick on Chase Claypool, which I talk to people around the league. I understand the Packers were in, some other teams were in on Chase Claypool, but if you're a team that needs to build, why are you using a second-round pick on Chase Claypool? That's sort of the things that I was hearing from uh-huh. people in the league. Fair. Now, it, I think Justin Fields' development has always hinged on who 
how the people around him are helping him. And his first year, they were not helping him. Now we're seeing it took some time in the season. Mm-hmm. Now they are helping him. Now the offseason, to me, my biggest question is about Ryan Poles, the GM. Because when you look at the Jets and Joe Douglas, talked about the organizations he's been in in Baltimore and Philly. You've seen him be in winning organizations. Ryan Poles came from Kansas City. Now it's his turn. Mm-hmm to make sure that he fills his roster the way it needs to be. Yeah, I think the expectations for them are going to be sky high. But you're right. It's We haven't seen them do it. We haven't seen Ibram Falus do it as the head mm-hmm. coach. We haven't seen Poles do it as a young GM. But I think that the potential is there. And we keep referencing that Jeff Jets draft and saying, if the Bears have a draft like that, nobody has drafts like that's that. Like, it's so that's rare. That's why we keep pointing to it. <laughs> yes. So if they have a draft that's really good, if they can add two, maybe three um, players that can contribute next year, they don't have to be superstars, that's a huge step, and then be aggressive in free agency. It also might be a good reminder to all of us, and by that I mean all fans everywhere and those of us who sit here and talk about things, that sometimes our perception of time is off. Like, we we look back at all those struggles that Justin Fields had. At, at the end of the day, it was five weeks. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're talking about the first five weeks of a season. You're talking about when it all started getting turned around. Yeah. Last year was a wash that staff didn't have any idea what they were doing and didn't want any part of that. Yeah. This but year, it was a bad month and now, from that point forward, he's been on a magic but, carpet ride. Yes, last year was washed. But in how people evaluate Justin Fields, this is why it's so dangerous when you take quarterbacks and do not build around them. Do not right. give them a, a plan where they are successful. Take, take more off of their plate and right. put them in better situations. So, yes, Justin Fields is in a better situation now, but... In fairness to him, he also had to learn a whole new offense, get a new GM and head coach and all that. That was unfair, and how we view him is as a result of that. Final word. Yeah, I mean, listen, coming into this season, we just wanted Justin Fields to survive this year and not get beat to sleep because right. he was the most contacted <laughs> right. quarterback in the NFL last year and through the first half of the season has been this year. But when I watched that game against the Bears on Sunday, Tulip had a Dumb. damn good game. 300 yards passing, yeah. three touchdowns. Justin Fields was the best quarterback on the field. Yes, he that says something. That says right. something. He, he, he has been that since he was in high yeah. school. The nonsense that has been said about that kid going back to the draft process mm-hmm. is ridiculous, and it, it really makes one wonder if anyone paid attention to his career at Ohio best State. Best quarterback in that draft class. He was. Oh, he's unquestionably best the best quarterback, quarterback in that draft class, inclusive of Trevor Lawrence. All right, the ninth annual Armed Forces Classic is happening Friday, Veterans Day. Michigan State and number two Gonzaga will square off on, uh, on board of the USS Abraham Lincoln in San Diego. That should be exciting. Coverage begins 6.30 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Just part of our salute to veterans that is happening all week. Sensational. All right, as we continue, Odell Beckham to the Cowboys seems like a fascinating pairing. What does Stephen A. and the Mad Dog think? You'll find out top of the hour here on ESPN. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We are back, and Dominique has put together his power rankings for this week. You want to know who the top five teams of the NFL are? Dominique is your man. 
Nick, take it away. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to go through each of these teams individually. I'm ready to fight anybody over this, even though I'm not all that convicted on it. But I think 8-0 <laughs> Eagles deserve to be at the top. It gets real sketchy here at the end. I like the Dolphins. I like the Ravens. They had a, a big primetime impact on me the way that they played without all that help. But I know I'm going to get um, eviscerated for this list, and I'm not feeling like defending mm -hmm. Well, let me bring the squad in here. I assume the Jets are five and a half. Is yes. that what they are? Five? <laughs> Let's hear the let the evisceration begin. What don't you like? Yeah, he Andy? got the top of the list right, but okay, the back okay, half okay. of the list, it needs some work. So I've got the Dallas Cowboys as my third best team in the national Jeez. I've got the Buffalo Bills fourth. Whoa, and as whoa. much as I got love for the bird gang, that belongs to the Minnesota Vikings. The only black eye the Vikings wow. have is losing to the Philadelphia Eagles, an undefeated team. So that's where I'm at with their only loss. How about you, Kmart? Yeah, my only issue is where are the Cowboys in here? If we're talking about them as a potential Super Bowl contender, they should be. Well, the top we're top. talking about them as a potential Super Bowl contender because they're in the NFC. If the Cowboys were in the AFC, I would have a lot less confidence in them making a run to the Super Bowl. And um, as for the Vikings, you don't believe in them. Right. You're just, you're just like, I'm not here for your games, Canty. They're 7-1, fine, but let's be honest. Let's Wait, be honest. You don't believe in them. Excuse me. How far do we need to push this down uh, to find my Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, girl. You're still, you're still, no, your Steelers are right about here at like 26, 27. You still, I'm sorry. Listen, I love them. The only yellow and black are my sneakers right now. There's no wow. Steelers no, no around here. Hey, can okay. I say one no thing Steelers. before we go? Tomorrow, a very happy 40th birthday to Chris Canty. Hey. Let's go. Hey. They're going to tell you it only gets better. They are lying no. to the <laughs> Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. First take starts now. <laughs>